When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Man, 420 really wasn't a big deal for me this year. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a funny thing to say because it implies that it was. Welcome to the Crunchy. <laughs> Sorry, I laughed on your line. Go ahead. Uh, this is the hey. This is welcome to the crunch. It is your boy Ethan, and I'm Patrick. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> What's up with you? It's good. Uh, do we have our Do we have our cold open bit already? Do you think? I think I've been ready to go. I'm. I we're. This is the show. This is live. This is what we're. They're here. The crunch they, bunch is they're here. They're here. They all <laughs> snuck in when we weren't. They're listening. sitting outside right now. They're all so quiet. I I was talking to Phoebe about like. If we were to make a t-shirt yeah. or a hoodie yeah. that like wasn't our name, like our podcast name. Like if we were to give, if we were to just hand out a t-shirt that's like says something on it. I was like, what could it be? Could it be Crunch on that? Would it be Hot Take Time Machine? Would mm-hmm. it be Crunch Bunch? I don't mm. know. I mm. think Crunch Bunch. I think I would love to have a Crunch Bunch hoodie. I wouldn't wear a Crunch Bunch hoodie. I'm just you being wouldn't wear a Crunch Bunch hoodie? Yeah. Probably because I already have like 14 hoodies and I don't <laughs> need another one. Unless it was really soft and accentuated my curves, in which case well, would I would wear it. Okay, that, I'm sold. Then. It actually wouldn't accentuate your curves. Apparently, oversized hoodies are like the thing right now. Yeah, where have you been? You work with oh. high schoolers, dude. <laughs> they don't wear oversized hoodies. I don't know what it is. Oh. I was at, I was at a PacSun. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. In 2006, uh, I was at a PacSun. <laughs> I was at a PacSun or like some other, I don't know, it was like a mall, you know, mall stores. I never went to mall stores. I went to Walmart and uh, I saw like, it was like oversized hoodies and it was literally like a big white hoodie and it was yeah. so confusing because I like found an XL and it was like a three XL, but it was marked as an XL. And I'm like, that's not how oversized hoodies work. You don't just get to mark down the size. I mean, I don't understand how you can sell oversized hoodie as an item. It's just a hoodie. Yeah. This so was a just, white hoodie, a plain been, white hoodie. They've been selling oversized hoodie for a long time. You just buy the size that's bigger than yours. <laughs> exactly. That's, this is not a new, I don't understand how this is a new fad. You just buy a bigger one. It's because Billie Eilish does it and she's deep. That's true. Uh, what's been uh, What's been going on? Literally nothing. I don't know. Like, you haven't done anything this week? <laughs> you texted me today and I'm like, oh, I guess we haven't recorded in a week. Um I mean, the Crunch merch has shipped, so it's going to the warehouse now. That's awesome. Which is cool. We have a warehouse? We don't have a warehouse. We got a wa- <laughs> I sent you $100 over Venmo, and you turned that into a warehouse? <laughs> How did you do that? First of all, way to just drop a price like that. <laughs> Sorry. Our merch costs like $50 total. So... <laughs> gonna keep doing what it. sorry do people is it really a secret like does it really matter <laughs> I don't know we're putting really... we're putting over about dollars of our own money so that you guys can have merchandise 
Yeah. Is that that's? I feel like that's allowed to talk no, about. No, it's fair. Yeah, we're doing that. And if you guys buy it, then we won't have lost that money, which exactly. is great. <laughs> but the thing is, is that we're willing to lose that money because we love you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's. I mean, it goes on our tax. It's public record. You can look it up. It's like looking up Steve Jobs. You can't Hold look on. up our taxes. Hold on. I might have a gross misunderstanding about this country. I don't think you can look up a person's tax return. Also, Steve Jobs is dead, so he's not really paying taxes right now. <laughs> Unless he has a Wells Fargo bank account still. Ooh, deep yeah, cut. That was a pretty, that that was a pretty was, good burn. That was good. <laughs> um, yeah, I... The best way, what I've heard is like the best way. So this is like, if you don't want to support us on Patreon because you don't like friendship. Um, you can- <laughs> if you don't want to support us on Patreon because you hate puppies and sunshine. <laughs> um, this is like this. This is like the second best way to support the show, right? Because like, first of all, only uh, statistically only like 10% of your audience will be a Patreon supporter, which is fine. But statistically more of your audience will buy merchandise. Um, so like this is the best way to support the show. This is the best way for us to start doing this. Way to tell time. all of our audience that they are so average that we can predict them using statistics. None of you guys are special. We can use numbers to assume what you are going to do. Well, I mean, you gotta make you gotta make business decisions based on numbers. You can't just be like, I think half of us, half of our listeners will give us two dollars. I, for one, don't think this is a business. I think this is a family that we've created. <laughs> That's the worst thing to do to people. <laughs> That's what YouTubers do to kids to make them buy their merchandise. <laughs> I'm trying to trying to help. Hey kids, get your parents' credit card. Type it in the comments below. Send send an email to Ethan at thecrunchcast.com and just type those sweet, sweet digits straight into that box and then hit send. And then later when your parents say, Hey, well, I'm getting an alert from Citibank for <laughs> 14 cans of pinto beans being delivered to Tulsa, Oklahoma. What, say, did you read Four Hour Body or something? Uh-huh. <laughs> Nothing. That was, a, that was a deep cut joke. Say, uh, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what happened. But then you'll get your hoodie in the mail, so it'll all even out. <laughs> Our hoodies cost 14, the equivalent of 14 cans of pinto beans. <laughs> I've got a lot of needs right now, okay? <laughs> and they're not being filled in the normal means, and so I'm having to think outside of the box. I don't know if I don't know if our dropshipping company will appreciate getting fifteen percent of fourteen cans of pinto beans. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know that's why they call them the bean counters. You know what I mean? Oh man, yeah they they told me they told me that we need to have like a, a specific launch date. What? Yeah, Is we that have to today? have like a launch date. Sure. No, it's not today. Oh, okay. but we need to have like a launch date for our store, and um. I don't know. I like telling people what's going on, but we'll make an even bigger deal when the store officially launches and it'll be like, you'll get like a discount for pre-ordering and you'll get like a bunch of goodies for like being there first, you know? So that's a bunch of cool stuff. And then if we sell out, we'll just buy more. That's how it works. <laughs> that's, that is, And we'll tell you exactly how much it costs. Oh, dude, but these shirts are going to be so comfortable, man. I'm Okay, so the did you get the ones that I told you to get? I did. Okay, so if you, any of you have ever been to a Focus conference and have gotten the shirt from the Focus, we got that kind of shirt. So it's the whatever the... Yeah, the, we're not getting you like retreat shirt quality. This is Yeah, this, okay. these are not like Hanes, <laughs> you know, extra thin. Like we're getting the nice, like the, the two shirts that I have from this brand my seek 2019 and my sls 2020 shirts are they still like the the design hasn't faded Mm. they're still super soft the medium actually fits me like a medium Um, 
I'm five foot nine and a half, 150 pounds for those for just to give you like a, I'm the most average sized body that's ever existed. <laughs> they're like, they're really comfortable and they're super you can actually wear them yes. in public. You know, yeah. you can like wear them to, fit. it doesn't shrink. It's not yeah. too short. It's not too wide. A lot of guys have trouble. Guys, skinny guys like me have trouble because shirts that are long enough are too wide and they look mm. really weird. Yeah. Um, they actually, they actually increase your net worth by about 15%. It's the sh- true. The shirt does. <laughs> it's like taking the limitless drug, the Bradley Cooper limitless drug. You could, but for you, your torso, you use, you use a hundred percent of your torso instead of <laughs> 10%. And also we're selling stickers. So, huh? Oh yeah. That's pretty so good. That's what's happening. That's a pretty good plug. <laughs> yeah. But un- unfortunately none of that stuff is available now. So you guys are gonna have to wait. That's what we call a teaser trailer. That's why they drop the uh, the trailer for movies like nine months in advance to kind of you know tickle you a little bit, get you a little excited. And then, yeah, I don't know if you're supposed to like talk about your merch store before it's like officially launching. I don't, but like I don't think we've done anything on this podcast the way that we're supposed to do it. Yeah, right. I mean, we kind of just do the thing and tell people as we're doing it what we're doing, which you I know? think is is our part of our charm is that it we're is. we're honestly figuring out how to live in the in the in a post nine eleven world. Oh gosh! <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll cut that. Oh out. my goodness! Yeah, that's what's happening. <laughs> did that? Did that surprise you? Was that a show? a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is a clean. This is a clean comedy this podcast. It's a clean podcast. Yeah. Um. No Gilbert I, Gottfried on this show. This is why people listen to our show twice. Apparently. Did you see that email from that girl who says she listens to every episode twice? We're I, reading her email on the podcast today. Uh, oh, I did not see it, and that's awesome. Yeah, she listens to every episode twice. First of all, if you don't listen to every episode twice, you're not loyal. There's a lot of hidden bits in each episode. We try to do our best to kind of to hide them so that listeners who go back and watch again are rewarded for their efforts. It's true, and if you listen backwards, we tell you what's hidden on the back of the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like one of those tricks yogurt yeah. like things or if you get the right <laughs> thing you get ten thousand dollars but if you listen to the the right episodes backwards in the right order you get a map to where we hid the rest of the <laughs> <laughs> where we hid our merch it's like that episode merch. of victorious <laughs> where they're trying to meet kesha and each yogurt lid has either a K, an E, an H, or an A on the back. And then one special yogurt lid has the dollar sign in Kesha. And they get the dollar sign after eating like a thousand tubs of yogurt. And then they meet Kesha. What, what did Kesha, Was Kesha hurting for publicity at the time? Did she like need, did she need this? Or was this a favor? I don't know. To it Victoria Justice. I mean, apparently she was like uh, kind of mismanaged by the record label, so this might have been against her will. <laughs> <laughs> the idea that there are celebrities out there who are just forced to go on Nickelodeon shows because of some negligent manager who still thinks that kids watch Nickelodeon is <laughs> is so funny. Because they accidentally signed with Columbia Records. Which, uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember when Fred from YouTube had his own show? What? Yeah, on Cartoon Network, I think. Even I though don't he, remember that. Apparently, he has a TikTok now, and he's really funny. <laughs> I'm not surprised, because usually if you're funny when you're younger, you're funny when you're You only older. get funnier. You only get funnier, especially if you wear one of our shirts. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I had someone... There was a guy who came to my 12th birthday party, and I showed him like 
two of those Fred videos that I thought were funny like two years before my 12th birthday party and he bought me a Fred shirt because huh. he thought that was my that was my steez and I was like bro n- no I think I threw it away no <laughs> I feel so bad that's funny though he's like he's like this is the one thing that bonded us together and now yeah. I will give you this Fred shirt and then I never he, and he would ask me in school he'd be like why don't you ever wear the Fred shirt and I'd be like oh, um Ethan I well Ethan. I didn't know like I was emotionally stunted <laughs> All I did when I was 12 was play World of Warcraft. What do you expect my response to be? <laughs> I wasn't reading the classics. Like, I had never read Don Quixote. I didn't know how to have empathy. <laughs> I didn't know I was supposed to mount a horse and ride off into the Spanish countryside. <laughs> exactly. How can we expect so much of kids, but don't give them the tools to succeed? Why, <laughs> Your why, parents how, didn't tell you, hey, when someone gives you a present that's clothing, you have to wear it around at them least a couple once. of times. How are we supposed to? How are kids supposed to have intelligent responses to situations? How are they supposed to know how to escape from jail if they've never read The Count of Monte Cristo? Like, mm. how are they going to know? These are the or problems. how would they know how to make a sandwich if they didn't read The Count of Monte Cristo? Are there sandwiches in The Count of Monte Cristo? I don't think so, but I know a Monte Cristo is a kind of sandwich. Okay. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure the Count of Monte Cristo is a guy who had to take inventory of all the sandwiches he had. Stop. <laughs> oh, this is gold. This what is a- <laughs> classic. This is really good. Oh, man. Want to get into the hot take time machine? I, I want nothing more than to travel away from this <laughs> space that we've created. Let's, hop, let's take a hop in the hot take time machine. Welcome to the Hot Take Time Machine, the part of the show where we take a look back at the prime. Oh, you're so close. This is where I get nervous. The prime, Optimus Prime was the lead Autobot in the war against the Decepticons. (laughs) Um, The prime of our social media posting, if you have a hot take five years or older, um, or less than that, because it's our show and we can do what we want. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> uh, please send it in to info at thecrunchcast.com, Ethan at thecrunchcast.com, or Patrick at thecrunchcast.com. Patrick, take it away. Yeah, so this one is a doozy. Um, I, I love it. You love it when you prepare the audience with the I, unrealistic expectations of the following This is tweet. peak. For those of you who aren't on Twitter and are blessed with that yeah. life, um, Catholic Twitter was weird in 2014, all of it. In, 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 20 in the 2010s, Catholic Twitter was weird. In the 20 everything, Catholic Twitter is bad. And Catholic anonymous Catholic Twitter was like a whole thing. And I started an anonymous Twitter account, and this is one of like my first tweets. Okay, keep in mind, in 2014, I had never been in a relationship. Okay, so I tweeted, Catholic girls, am I right? That's all one word. Emma, that's okay. all one word. There must be something in the water. Or the blood of Christ. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Stop. <laughs> Which is just... <laughs> oh, God. You, you who drink of the living water will never thirst again, but I sure did. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I had, I had, I had, I had tweets like that. Yeah, remember? we all did. Do you remember this is why I deleted everything? I know this is. I'm. I'm. I'm on the verge. Um, I do you remember back in the day where? So this is funny, right? Because obviously, like, 
being Catholic is our, our identity, like being mm-hmm. a, a baptized into the Christ body is, is an identity, but sometimes it's our personality. And I don't know if that's good. Like when I was in high school, I thought it was a personality trait to like Catholic girls, you know, like as if they were different. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, there is something different about you, blah, 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 theologically, whatever. But <laughs> when you're 13 and 14, there's re- there's no difference. There's you know, really every, no difference, everybody's yeah. the same unless she's, you know, St. Therese. She's not she's not that different. And so I would always say like, oh, man, Catholic girls are just something about them. It's like the thing about them was that I you have a shot. I have a yeah, I have a chance <laughs> with them. <laughs> oh boy, that's so sad. And the reality was, I did not. But I a didn't. Shot. <laughs> I thought I had a shot. I thought, I thought if you just narrow the dating pool, then all of a sudden I would become more desirable. And what it happened? It turns out that doesn't happen. What happened Catholic was girls are willing to date non-Catholics. I don't understand. <laughs> just because I narrowed my dating pool doesn't mean that they narrowed their dating pool. You know what I mean? After after failing with a couple of Catholic girls, I made the joke I'm switching to Protestants. Oh no! And then it's you very did. Very funny. And then I did. You did. It wasn't a joke. <laughs> the bit that came true. Uh, what's your Catholic? What's your hot take? <laughs> I got a good. I got a good one. Well, not. I don't know if it's good. It's sad. It's annoying. Most of mine are like not funny. They're just like, gosh, Ethan sucked. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is this is the beauty of of deleting all of your tweets. Then yeah. the only place where people can find your embarrassing tweets is just on through this podcast. Yeah. And then if they want to cancel you, they have to send people to our podcast, and then they'll fall in love with our whimsy, and then they won't cancel us. This one is from April fifteenth, two thousand and sixteen, at twelve twenty three a.m. Uh, That's crazy. <laughs> late late night tweeting. It's in asterisks, so it's um, indicating that I'm uh, doing an action, right? DDs for drunk sorority women while listening to Gregorian chant. Oh, good. Yeah, as if I'm some... When was this? What year was this? As if I'm some kind of hero. This was my freshman year in college. (laughs) Wow, this truly a no... Finally, chivalry is back. This guy is (laughs) DDing for women. Not, Not just DDing for women. But DDing for women while listening to Gregorian chant. Truly, <laughs> many conversions are abounding from these car rides. Get but out of here, But that tweet dude. definitely did well, didn't it? It got 20 likes. Oh, my gosh. That was good back then. It was. When likes were gold. My tweet got zero likes, by the way. Did it really? Um, <laughs> yeah. I, my account was very new. Well, I, did any girls follow you? No. Yeah, see. <laughs> my friend my friend told me about my friend told me about anonymous catholic twitter and i was like i could do that and like within the week i had surpassed her in followers yeah that's how i was except nobody told me about it i thought i invented catholic twitter <laughs> <laughs> we all did and i thought i found people like patrick madrid and i was like is this really what it is Patrick Madrid blocked me. Did I tell you about that? <laughs> no. You want to know what it's like to for, to look up to it to look up to a guy when you're a teenager and then find out four years later he blocked you. It's got to be kind of. It's either going to be liberating or absolutely crushing. It was kind of liberating. Good. Good <laughs> I like you. I like read a bunch of his books and I was like, oh, Patrick Madrid's so cool because we have a connection because we have the same name. Yeah. I think it was because I dunked on someone that he followed and he was like, I'm gonna block him because he's a he's a kid. Blah, 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 blah. Patrick Madrid. That's I'm probably Patrick, what he sounds Patrick, like. I, I looked. I looked. I could not find any example. Any examples of like our interactions or anything. The only interaction was I tweeted at him because I saw that he was on the adjunct faculty list at Franciscan, and I was like, "Hey, do you teach a class here?" And he was like, "I do, like every so often." 
That's it. And then he blocked me. Do you think that I could get on the adjunct faculty list at Francisco? <laughs> Why are you laughing? What's the, uh, that wasn't a joke. What's the joke? What's the joke? What was the joke uh, there? No, no, no. What do you think I would teach? Um, digital evangelization. No, I don't want to. I don't want to. It's not a real thing. It's, it's fake. fake. It's fake. <laughs> the incarnation happened for a reason. You know what I was thinking about the other day? What? Is like Jesus could have like taken everybody right and like brought them up with him to see all of the cosmos and like to see god above all the heavens on the earth like he could have shown people that like he had the power to do that um he could have he could have taken people back in time and like interpreted old testament like stories in like with them you know like he could have shown them yeah. what was happening and explain he could have done all sorts of things but he he instead he told stories about seeds and uh, <laughs> which <laughs> you're right which is very which is hilarious and it makes me think like all these people who are like oh man my youtube video has got we got to lead people to to god through beauty it's like you're you're gonna be fine you're gonna be okay you're i promise just tell people about seeds just tell people about seeds <laughs> like god has all the power in the world to reveal the intimate truths of everything that's ever been created and talks about farming for three days it's like yeah Jesus, i was i was doing? talking to i was talking to some people about this the other day because they were like the protestants are like they're better at us they're better than us at social media and i'm like sure that's true but like they're not better than us at the things that matter namely having the eucharist <laughs> right it's like that's the biggest difference it's true that like protestants are better at getting converts and having and having bible studies right but they're not as good as consuming the word of god as the catholic church you know and it's like all of those things are supposed to lead there and we're talking about this a lot because we're trying to figure out how to do evangelization during quarantine and it's like we gotta do we gotta start a we gotta start a youtube channel where we have priests play minecraft and i'm like you know what that's a really funny idea i would pay money to see bishop zubik try and figure out minecraft but that's not what's going to bring people to Christ. It's just an extra thing that we can do because we have more free time. I think yeah. that something that I'm trying to do instead, and it hurts me a lot because it means I can't see my kids as much. I stopped doing the Bible streams that I was doing uh-huh. because it wasn't working. No one was showing up. and uh, Yeah. They couldn't. They, they, they were like, it's too specific of a time. And I'm like doing homework and I'm like, you know, working on stuff and I can't go. And I'm like, that makes sense. So what I did was I sent them all Bible studies for them to do with their families. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And I like made up a Bible study and I made a video and I said, Hey, this is how I run a Bible study. And I sent it to the parents and I was like, here's how you can run a Bible study with your family. And I gave them like a little family game and like some family discussion questions and all this stuff. And I'm like, here's a good way to like make your house a church during coronavirus yep. because Pennsylvania is locked down further. And it's great because I know that parents are doing this. I know that they're getting closer as families, but it sucks because I can't talk to my kids. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's the big thing that I'm doing now. Right. And it's like, I can't see them. And like, I miss hanging out with them. And it like, it makes you feel like, oh man, like I don't, am I like, I'm not, I'm liking my job less, but it's like, no, I'm just not liking the lack of ministry part. You know? That's the worst part of your job is that if you do everything right, then your job shouldn't exist. <laughs> right you know like at some point we shouldn't need youth ministers because we finally teach parents how to oh yeah. i don't know raise their kids <laughs> yeah. in the faith college ministry will always be necessary i don't that's know true. if that's i don't know if that's no, i true. think that i think that's true well i think if people have good 
family life they would then eventually but right I, I i was talking to some professors at franciscan and they were all like you have to pre- you have to be prepared like every you should be at every parish for at least five years I'm like, i think that's i think that's true i think that you should um be at a parish for the long haul and not just drop in and leave but like i think that you should make yourself non-essential i think that's very yeah because if you really if you, you really know? care about the church and you want to leave it better off then you don't like make everything run through you. It's like the opposite of the world mindset where it's like, I need to do everything that I can do to make myself needed here. Mm-hmm. And in the church, you want to do everything you can do to make yourself not needed. At least is, as a lay person. As a, yes, exactly. As a lay person. We can't do that with priests, obviously. Priests but like for me, needed, yeah. my whole goal, this is what I've been telling my students over and over and over again this week is like, my whole job is to make you a self feeder. Like I don't, what eventually there's going to be a point whether it's like this summer or whenever you graduate where papa ethan can't come in and say like here comes the train open up like i'm not gonna, <laughs> I, i'm not gonna be able to feed you anymore you know um and so you have to do it on your own and like ideally if that's the whole point and this is what where a lot of campuses struggle and where a lot of focus missionaries struggle and why a lot of people hate focus is because we get so focused on the personality of the missionary that we mm-hmm. forget that we're actually here to create a community that makes disciples not have really powerful and influential people that can make disciples that once they leave everything falls apart Um, yeah and it's just it's but it's really tough to like practice that because it's actually takes more time and thought and energy and prayer and if i'm spending all this time praying and thinking how am i going to be evangelizing and (laughs) you know so whatever it's it's one of one of the one of the great evangelists that I know, Edmund Mitchell. He once said, "I have the perfect, I have the perfect ministry model for youth ministry. I have the perfect disciple making model. You find a woman, you marry her, and mm. you have babies, mm-hmm. and you make disciples. Yes, it's like that's the perfect disciple model, and it's like that's the one that won't fail if you are close to God. Because it's like." Regardless of regardless of whether or not your kids stay Catholic their whole lives, which is a reality, even if you are a great Catholic yourself, you're still doing what God wants you to do, which is making disciples. So, anyway, that was a great tweet, Ethan. It was. Thanks. <laughs> I can't believe we, we ended up there. Yeah. Um, do you want to do crunch on that? I've got a bit of a, a tale to weave. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I do want to do crunch on that. I forgot what I was going to do for crunch on that, but let's hit it. <laughs> oh, no. Um. <laughs> was that you trying to find pitch? Yeah. Oh, say, sorry. I did that one already. Uh, uh, ne- never going to give you up. Never mm-hmm. going to crunch on that. Never going to run around um, on this podcast. All right, cool. We, we're good. We're, we got it. That's crunch, crunch on that. Let's go. All right. I don't, you, <laughs> there wasn't even a fully formed. That was like a baby idea that kind of sprouted out and then grew up and then left. It moved out really quick. <laughs> it moved out when it was three. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I've got a I got a story to tell. Pat, you know about this already. Um, I do. You do. But I think it's I think it's good. I think it'll hopefully spur on some good conversation. So a tree fell on me this weekend. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I uh <clears throat> I'm alive, obviously. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Here I am. I I was visiting Emma and Norman and we went and got raising canes chicken for dinner. Um uh, don't know if you've ever had raising canes, but it's very good, very tasty. Oh, I had it the other day. Tasty chicken. Yeah, everybody has it all the time. And we went and got it. We were going to it was super nice out. So we were like, "Oh, let's go out and sit in the hammock and eat and enjoy." the food and then come back inside when we're done eating. Um, and it was a great idea cause it was a beautiful night. So we go into the backyard. We have, I've got the chicken, the, the smell of the tenders is wafting up out of the bag into my nose. The heat of the, of the toast is radiating against my thigh as I hold the bag and prepare the hammock. Um, and we're doing all these things and we tie it to these trees that Emma and her friend, Carly had sat in before. And so according to my knowledge and her knowledge, they had sat in this tree before and it was good and it was safe. Both of them, the two of them in the hammock. So we connect it all up. She, she, she sits down and it's great. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I, so I hand her the chicken and I hop on in and I sit, we're like facing each other. So I'm, I'm facing her. She's facing me. We've got the chicken in the middle. And as soon as I get in the hammock, just sinks to the ground <laughs> and i'm like oh the ropes must have like broken or something because this is like, oh no weird and the next thing i know um i'm like face down in the dirt pinned to the ground underneath this tree and it like had come down it's hard to describe auditorily but i'll do my best <laughs> so it it came down and it like hit me at an angle and i still I fully believe there was some angelic intervention in this whole thing because if it had come down straight towards me, it should have bent me in half. Like it should have like bent my back and snapped my back. Oh gosh. Yeah. But what happened was, is that it hit me at kind of like an angle. So like kind of across my back. Um, so it really scraped up my right arm and my right side and kind of my back, but it didn't really hit my left side that much. Um, it didn't hit me in the head and it didn't hit Emma at all. 
which is which is amazing. That's nice. Yeah, yeah it's just really good. Those are like the two most important things in this scenario. My head and my girlfriend. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so then I'm I'm pinned under the tree, and um, I was able to like squeeze out from underneath because I couldn't like push up. Like I, it was a 600 pound tree. Like I couldn't just push up. You saw the picture huh. of the tree, right? Yeah, you can't. Uh, you can't push up a six hundred pound tree, huh? You huh? Can't? Eh. huh? Yeah. What kind of what kind yeah, of workouts you been doing over there? Sounds like sounds like a Cobra Day or whatever it was. Uh-huh. Python Club was a failure. Python Club Day. <laughs> Cobra Day. <laughs> I got the snake right. Okay, well, I got the idea of a snake right. Anyway, I sent you. Continue. Did I send you the picture of the tree? Yeah, you did. Yeah, it's pretty big, right? Yeah, Tony, can you put it up on the? Yeah, Jamie, pull that up. Uh, we. So I was, I slid out from under the tree and I'm like, I'm fine. Like I'm, I have this really, really nasty bruise on my right side that keeps getting worse every day. His name is Barry. Um, (laughs) He's healing though. Like it's for the first like two days, I couldn't really walk all that good or sit up or lay down or anything. (laughs) Those are the only kinds of things. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Um, But I've been healing really, really well. And so I was fine and I like got up from under the tree and I'm like kneeling on my hands and my feet or not my hands and my feet. I'm kneeling like on my hands and my knees, like kind of on all fours, I guess. And I'm just like panting and like breathing. Cause I think, I don't know, adrenaline or something. Yeah, probably. And, um, Emma's like, are you okay? What hurts? And I thought I was going to like throw up, but I also thought I was going to poop. <laughs> 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 There was just like so much energy like coursing through my my veins at that moment. I thought I was gonna Whatever cry. Was all of the Kane's chicken was being squished, and it's like, listen, yeah. guys, we've got two eggs. We got it's one way or the other, boys. <laughs> Looks like meat's back on the menu. <laughs> In reverse. Um, so I was, yeah, I was kind of freaking out, but I was okay. And like, thank goodness that I'm dating a nurse because she like made sure I wasn't, you know, dead. And then, like, internally. yeah, took me inside and like stitched me all up. If you had looked at my back, you would have thought that I was in a knife fight. But <laughs> I was in a knife fight with a tree. Um, and she, where you weren't allowed to turn around during the whole knife fight. <laughs> yeah. So she stitched me up real good and heated the chicken back up in the oven and just did a, an amazing job. And she's very wonderful. But, um, so, but there was a moment like when I was sitting there and she was kind of like getting like ready to like clean me up and stuff. And I just kind of realized, like, oh, shoot, like I could have died. Yeah. Um, which sounds really dramatic. And like every time I tell this story, it like feels weird to tell somebody like, yeah, I almost died, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, even now as I'm saying it to you, like it doesn't feel like real. It feels like I'm making it up, you know, but it, mm. it's true. Like if, if the tree had fallen in a different way, then I would not be here right now and I wouldn't be talking to you. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I would do. Yeah, you'd have to find a new co-host. You'd have to have a contest. I probably wouldn't keep podcasting. Really? You wouldn't keep going if I died? (laughs) I'd be like, everyone, it's unfortunate, but Ethan already paid for the merch, so let's sell that. We we have to do at least a couple more episodes. (laughs) You think so? We just changed hosting platforms, okay? We can't move. We can't just move on. Uh, (laughs) Keep going. Um. And so, yeah, it feels weird to to talk about it, but there was this moment where I was sitting there and I just started to, like, cry, and she started to cry, and, like, we both kind of realized, like, shoot, that could have been uh, really bad. And yeah. I don't really count it as a near-death experience. It's like a near-near-death experience. Like, I feel like I was yeah. one, I was two steps away from dying. Um, and it's just brought up a lot of stuff. 
mm. uh, obviously of like yeah like what well yeah <laughs> thanks for asking <laughs> you're welcome um the most important thing is is like gratitude i feel like you know mm. like I feel like we have a really hard time and this is what prompted my my tweet that I showed you. I feel like we have a really hard time talking about what our relationship with God is like mm. because we don't really stop to think about like all of the things that he has done for us. You know? Cuz the, the night before it was really funny the night before I went over there we watched Dunkirk. You ever seen Dunkirk? I have not, but I've heard of it. It's a very very good movie about World War 2 and it's all these young men trying to escape this beach of France um and get back to England. And all the boats keep getting bombed, so they send England sends a bunch of like private like ships, like small ships that people own. They like all go out across the English Channel to like rescue these soldiers. Uh, it's a great story, and really happened. Um, hmm. And I was watching it, and I was thinking like, shoot, like if I was born a hundred years ago, there was a thirty three percent chance that I would have died in the war. Like, and I was yeah. just, I was just thinking that the night before and I was like, man, thank goodness. There's no chance that I would die now as a 23 year old. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day, um, the earth attacked me. Um, but it, it was started this, this kind of line of thought even before the, the hammocking accident happened, um, of like, wow, I really need to be thankful for like everything not just like the good things that are going on right now but like the fact that i wasn't born during a time of world war and the fact that i really don't have to worry about not ever having food like i've never in my life had to worry about where my next meal is coming from ever yeah. um i can go to a store anytime and it's just stocked full all the time even if it's not with the stuff that i want i could buy some like you know rigatoni instead of the tortellini you know like you know what i mean like i could still get something even yeah. if it's not what i wanted i can go to the store whenever i want i was raised in the one true catholic and apostolic faith jesus himself revealed himself to me in the eucharist twice because i missed it the first time you know he <laughs> yeah. he he's, he did it again to make sure that i really got it um he led me to being a missionary. Like there's so many things that like, if I just look at, I've got two parents that love me, that still love me, that take care of me. I got two amazing brothers. Like if I just go back through my whole life, mm -hmm. it feels like a weird thing where we talk about like, ah, oh, yes, we need to be grateful to God for all the gifts that he's given us. But have we really ever taken stock of all of those things? And these, this was before, like the day I went to my holy hour before this tree fell on me. And then the tree fell on me. And I was like, God is not messing around with this. Like he really wants me to stop and like reconsider what is going on in my life. And then, so this, I'm going to wrap it up in a second. I'm sorry. And I'll let you talk. Um, and then it went to kind of an analysis for me the following days um, this week, since I've been back in Tulsa of where the root of all my sin is. Cause I'm reading fulfillment of all desire by Ralph Martin. Hmm. Great book. Great book. And it's talking about kind of the, the beginning steps to the purgative stage of the spiritual life, right? Because they, they talk about how the spiritual life is generally split up into three stages um, by some of the great spiritual writers, Catherine of Siena, John of the Cross, Teresa of Avila, etc. And they talk about the first stage is the purgative stage where you kind of purge all of your, your sin and your attachments to sin. And then there's the illuminative, illuminative stage where you grow in, in wisdom and in love for God. Um, and then there's the final stage, which is the, the spiritual marriage, like the, the complete spiritual yeah. union that is the goal of life on earth. And 
they were talking about the purgative stage and like literally it's like step number two of the purgative stage is don't be attached to your sin. And I was like, mm-hmm. man, that's a hard step. <laughs> I, I thought I was past that step. And yeah. I'm reading this and I'm thinking about like all of the ways that I'm attached to my sin, all of the ways that I choose it, even though I know that it's wrong and just how prideful that is because of the, all the things like, because of all the things that God has done for me, I know the truth on a lot of things, right? I know the moral truths that exist for a life that I have to live in 2020 in America. Like I know that because Jesus has shown it to me either through my friends or through scripture or through whatever. Right. But a lot of times I choose not to walk in the truth. Like I choose to oppose the truth because I think that I can do better. And that's just pride straight up. And so when I finally like realized like, Oh shoot, this sounds stupid now, but like the root of all of my sin is my pride. Like, duh. (laughs) But, um, when you actually look at like, okay, I don't get up on time because of pride and I choose lust over chastity because of pride. And I choose laziness over, um, you know, hard work or whatever because of pride. Like I choose all these things because I think that my truth is better than the actual truth that I've been given. And so when I got down on my knees in front of the Lord yesterday and was like, hey, I, I am, I have nothing, right? Like I don't, I like the line that somebody used, some saint used, it's like, I am a worm, which is generally not a prayer you should pray. <laughs> um, but it's one I that I... I am a worm and no man. Yeah. That's from, that's from uh, Psalm 51 and yeah. also St. Francis. Yeah. Because uh, that could be damaging to some people who maybe have scrupulosity. But for me, it was like exactly what I needed in that moment of like, I am a worm before God. Like I'm so small and he's given me this entire field of things to like eat and play with and do. Like I have nothing without him. And so I had to literally say like, Lord, I humble myself before you. Like I literally had to physically like get down on the ground and say like, I, I can't do it. Like I can't keep going as if I know what I'm doing. I can't keep going as if my truth is better than your truth. And like, you've been very obvious in showing me that your truth is better than my truth. Um, And there's just so much freedom in that. And so it's just been, it's been like a couple days, you know, of, of really starting to take this stuff a bit more seriously and trying to just live differently and have a different perspective and, and frame of mind. And I would call it a, a pretty significant conversion moment, probably. I mean, if I, if I think about it, like this Perhaps whole, the tree is a metaphor that I was about to say, yeah, the, the cross, <laughs> the cross metaphors of the tree are, are unlimited. Like you can go whichever no, but way you also want. I think, I think, why did the tree fall over? Why did the tree fall over? Is this a joke? Is this, is no. it? Okay. Why did it fall over? To get to the other side. Um, <laughs> Because I was, I weighed too much. It didn't snap in half, right? It's because its roots were weak. It's true. Yes, it was a yeah. dead tree. And yeah, it's a dead tree, and its roots were weak. And it, like it used to be able to support you and your your girlfriend. It used to be able to support, but now it's like falling over, right? It, like used yeah. to be able to support your weight, but it, because it's not rooted in anything real, it's not rooted in anything alive. It's falling over. Wow. Um. Yes, trees, trees, man, <laughs> trees. <laughs> Who would have thought? It's they're nuts. <laughs> Jesus could have showed me all of this, but instead he used a tree. A tree. You know that again. It's just the power. Again, of the he uses seeds. He uses seeds. That's <laughs> he all he talks does. about seeds. And I, I think, I think you brought up a, you brought up a really good point about the way we look at sin. Is like, yep. the second stage of the spiritual life is not 
knowing everything that's wrong and not doing it. It's not loving sin. Like yeah. when we talk about scrupulosity and like I talk about this a lot, I talk about like, don't beat yourself up because you sinned. Don't do that. Just move on. And it's true, but that doesn't mean like, but that, that I'm usually soft on sin in that aspect. I'm like soft on people when it comes to that, when they're struggling with sin. But when it comes to like loving sin, I feel like I'm, I get very angry when I love sin. I'm like, I get really mad. I'm like, no, no, no. You're the thing that's keeping me from God. You're the thing that's keeping me from happiness, you know? And it's like, that's the spiritual life in, in America, at least in Christian America is don't do the thing, but for the ancients and for, for the medievals and for the spiritual greats, it's don't love the thing. (laughs) You know, it's not just don't do the thing. It's don't love the thing. Which is, sorry, go ahead. Because don't do the thing was okay for the rich young ruler right? Don't do the thing was okay for Peter and Paul and for Andrew, but Christ didn't come to stop them from doing the thing. He kept them, he came to stop them from loving the thing, sin, and loving him instead, you know? The rich young ruler didn't do any of the bad things. He kept all the commandments, but that wasn't enough for him. And Christ said, this is enough for you, and he rejected it. So that's our problem. We, we don't, our problem isn't that we do sin. Our problem is that we love it too much. Yeah. And even the the great spiritual masters that this book talks about. It's like, there's, there's a difference between these advertent sins and these inadvertent sins. Mm. So there are sins that we do on accident and you're probably going to do them well into the second um, stage, you know, of the, of the spiritual life, because there's so many times where like, I'll say something and it'll just be like a habit and I'll realize that it was a, a sin after I said it, but I wasn't, it wasn't like a premeditated thing. You know, yeah. Um, but like, we have to do our best to avoid those advertent venial and mortal sins, obviously. But I think it's so interesting the the difference um, of America and the the ancients of like how now, anytime anybody does anything, that means that they love that thing, mm-hmm. which is like which is the root of that 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 problem of like, oh yes, don't do the thing because in our minds, if you do something, that means you love that thing. When the this is like the most recent stupid example that I can think of when Tiger King was really big, people dug up a picture of Shaquille O'Neal like at the ranch and was like, is Shaquille O'Neal best friends with Joe Exotic? And it's like, (laughs) no, just because he went to the place doesn't mean anything like just because he did it doesn't mean he loves it, you know, and And he mentioned how they mentioned how like because uh, the, the Tiger people were like photographing they were taking photographs with the tiger cubs and with senators. Yeah. And like the Carol lady was like, now they can't go back on their, now they can't go back and say, Hey, actually this is bad because they've been photographed with and they'll look like hypocrites. And it's like, no, they just learned new information. They can go back. But that's how politics works too. Is like, you can't flip flop at all. You can't change your mind at all. Right. You have to be perfect. It's because we believe we're God and we believe other people believe they're God too. And so when they reveal that they're bad, they're like, Oh, they're a bad God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're all god america would be such a terrible like olympus you know like if everybody's <laughs> all gods it just wouldn't be it wouldn't be any fun because everyone would be so petty and i mean i guess they were petty much like actual too. olympus <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying but i think it'd be more boring because we wouldn't actually fight each other we'd just tweet uh, <laughs> but hermes would get a lot of business he would i think uh, yeah i do think i think there's a thought forming and i'm trying to find it Oh, I thought of a really funny tweet. Okay. Everyone talks about how they're the patron saint of Twitter, but the patron saint of Twitter is actually just the devil. <laughs> That's good. You, Thank you. You get a lot of people mad about that one. I know. <laughs> but, 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 but we need to evangelize. I'm putting it right now. Whatever. 
Um, yeah, the, it's weird how we even. Th- I think that's true because it even applies to the people who are serious, seriously devoted Christians in America. Like we still have this this concept that we are gods and we've created this thing of like of these these practices that I that I do that I'm able to achieve and that's why I think popular catholicism is just missing the mark you know barely because it's mm-hmm. it's so rooted in I'm able to manage my life to the point where I can go to this conference or go to this holy hour or go to this mass or go to this whatever um, or listen to this podcast or listen to this talk um, or even even pray this rosary or pray this novena or pray this thing or that thing. And it's so wrapped up in the ability to sort of control where God is and is not in our lives. Um, And I think that was my problem was I had my holy hour and I've got my Bible studies and I've got my discipleships and I've got this podcast and I've got my teammates, but my relationship with God was not all encompassing. It, Mm -hmm. it wasn't the driving force behind when I would wake up in the morning and when I would eat or when I would talk to somebody as much as I wanted it to be and as much as I talked about it being, it just wasn't the reality. Um, I don't know. I don't know what my point is. I'm trying to, it's something that's floating nebulous out there. It's something that I thought about earlier, but I forgot what it was. I think it's just the spiritual life is just like one long series of realizing you're not hot. Yeah. Tamales. True. (laughs) Christian podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, that's what, that's what it is. It's like, realizing you're not done i was talking to someone today about maslow's hierarchy of needs we talked about this on the podcast yes we have yeah it's that thing in psychology where it's like you need to feel you need to have all your physical needs met then you need to feel safe they need to have loving relationships they need to have self you have a good relationship with yourself and then you can work on self-actualization which is like the highest part of the pyramid and it's like where you like develop morality and like self-awareness and and stuff like that um and i was talking to that person and she's like you know the pyramid looks like it's finished. The pyramid looks like it's done. Um, it looks like once you reach self-actualization, you're finished and you're and you're you're done. You beat life, right? You finished the game. But self-actualization is actually a process. So it's like all of these things need to take place in order for you to get to the point where you're constantly improving, right? It's like now that you're done with steps one through four, now you can start starting, you know? And the spiritual life is a little bit like that. There's no, there's no done. Once you're part, once you're past that phase, right? Now you can start starting and it's getting better every day and realizing that who you were yesterday, making sure you're better than who you were yesterday. I mean, it's not even really that actually making sure you're closer to Christ than you were yesterday. Right. I I tell my kids this, but I don't do it myself. It's like, I, I tell them that like prayer is just opening yourself up more and more to the love of Christ. And every time you read scripture, every time you pray, God just wants to open your heart more to his love. And what you said on, on your tweet about like, if you talk about your relationship with God in I firm in I verbs, it's like, I do this, like, oh, my relationship with God is great. I pray my holy hour every day and I go to mass every Sunday. I go to mass like every day, all that stuff. It's like, well, that's not a relationship with God. That's a checklist. 
what is God doing in your heart? You know, like what is God doing in your life? And that's a more, that's a more important thing to focus on. And I think we tend to box check because it's, it's a, it's a safety blanket for us. It's like, well, I'm doing this. So therefore I must be doing good. Yeah. That safety blanket point is so, so good because it's, it, it's like in, in a world that I grew up in where I could have anything that I wanted. The fact that if I give my life up to God, I might not have anything anymore. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Is terrifying. I think that's the, the reality for a lot of people is that we've been trained by culture and I think we're scared to admit how much we've been trained by culture that anything is within our grasp and then living the life of true discipleship is to say nothing is within my grasp except that which the father gives me and that's and that's it that's the end of the sentence like you can't there's no asterisk there's no uh there's no byline there's no hidden hidden you know hold it up to the light because it was written written in lemon juice and you discover a new (laughs) thing it's like that's it and there's the the line that really um, that really blew me out of the water is because I was I was um, I went to my holy hour that day and I said I know the truth of the matter is is that I need to pray with scripture because scripture is good and like sometimes I just sit in my holy hour and I just think for an hour and fall asleep instead of actually <laughs> you know praying um, which is I think that's the truth for a lot of people is that we don't we don't pray we just think. Oh man, I keep, I'm having some trouble here. Um, this Miller light is really hitting me. <laughs> I got some local Houston beer today. Yes. It's nice. I saw it in the grocery store and I was like, yo, I got it. I haven't had this in like two years. <laughs> um, but I said, okay, like if I know that it's true that I need to read scripture, then I'm just going to read scripture no matter how I feel about it. And I think that's, that's the thing of humility is like doing what you know is true no matter what you feel about it and living in accordance with that truth, no matter what you feel about it. And I started reading, I read James chapter four, underrated chapter of the Bible, honestly. Mm -hmm. And, um, he says, but he gives more grace. Therefore it says, and he quotes the, uh, Proverbs here. He says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And the, the, I was reading the NAB hot, hot take right there. I was reading the NAB and it says in that one, it says God resists the proud. And that, that was like, so it hit me like a bag of bricks because the idea that God was actively holding me at arm's length because of my pride was like shocking, but also like it made everything click at the same time. I was like, Oh, He doesn't want to give me grace because he doesn't want me to think that it's because of me that I'm getting the grace. Even if it is like a subtle, even if it is like a subconscious thing for me, you know, like he doesn't want any hint of pride to be rewarded with his grace, which is, Mm. which seems cruel, but it's actually the most just and good thing that he could do. Yeah. And I, and that's where I think there's so many people who struggle with prayer and they're like, oh man, I feel like God isn't close to me or he doesn't listen to me or there's nothing I can do to like get him to pay attention to me or talk to him. It's like, have you analyzed how prideful you are? Have you analyzed like 
what do you know to be true? Are you living in accordance with that truth? And have you repented of the ways that you are not living humbly and walking in the light of the Lord? Because if you haven't, then God is going to resist you and like hold you away. And that's what he was doing for me. That's what he's been doing for me probably for a long time. And now that I know that, I can, I can, that's another, that's another bit of truth that he's given me. So it's more of a responsibility to now continue to be humble and obey that truth that I now know. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Hmm. I love all of that. Yeah. I thought you might have thoughts, but it's okay if you don't. Mm, no, I don't. I have thoughts, but I'm thinking. Okay. I feel called out by the, we just didn't holy hour. We just think. Mm-hmm. Say that last part again. What did I say? That last part. Again. I, I sa- missed the last part. I said, uh, and now that God has revealed this truth to me about how I need to be held accountable to truth, it's mm-hmm. yet another piece of truth that I now have to be held accountable to. So if <laughs> I start slipping again, then uh, then I'll know why I'm not. And not to yeah. say that like I've unlocked the cheat code to now be receiving consolation all the time. One five easy steps for nine ninety nine. <laughs> up, up, down, down, left, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, it's like, but. And it had the best part about it is I went on a little I went on a little scriptural treasure hunt because it had a bunch of references at the bottom, and I went to the verse in Proverbs, which led me to a verse in Psalms, which led me to a verse in Matthew, which led me to a verse in Luke, which led me to a verse in Job, and like all over Scripture is this idea, and like you read it and you're like, oh yeah, God, you know, exalts the lowly and lowers the exalted, but and good thing I'm the lowly, and good thing yeah, and. We like hear that and it's like, okay, I got to be humble because God likes the humble. It's like, it's kind of like an idea of like God just prefers to throw cookies to humble people rather than (laughs) people who aren't humble. And then we're like, oh man, hope I'm humble so that I get the cookie. But it's no, it's literally, he will like raise you up to experience more of himself if you humble yourself, but you have to actually humble yourself and not just say, oh, I'm going to try to be more humble. Yeah, so like how do you humble yourself? You I mean I mean what I did was I, I examined my conscience for where okay. where I was prideful and then I repented of those things and said, Lord, I don't want to be prideful of these things anymore. I want to obey you and not myself. Because what is pride, right? It's just like setting up a truth for myself rather than the real truth. Yeah. I don't know. Do you probably have a better definition of pride than that? No, I think that's a great definition. I think it's, 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 uh, pride is just, yeah, it's placing yourself in the, in the place of God, like in, in whatever way, whether that's like ruler of, you know, he's omnipotent, he's omnipresent and he's omniscient. So trying to do any of those things is pride or like trying to dictate someone, like trying to like control things or trying Mm -hmm. to, yeah, all those things are pride. Sinning is pride. Yes. <laughs> every time. Yeah. Hmm. Speaking of pride, do you want to give people a relationship advice? Yeah, I do. Okay. I think I <laughs> sorry, I feel like there wasn't a good conclusion to that. Well, I mean, I think that's a good I think that's a good symbolic uh, reality is that there is no conclusion to this conversation because there's no conclusion to the spiritual life except death. True. And we already know you avoided that, so <laughs> we don't have to talk <laughs> This time. This time. Yeah. I hope that gives you something to something to pray Crunch about. On. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You ready for your Dr. Ethan's dating question? Yeah, I'm ready to help people. Okay. All right. This one comes from a listener. (laughs) 
They're mostly anonymous. If you have a Dr. Ethan, if you have a question for Dr. Ethan, please send it to info at thecrunchcast.com because I get those emails. If you send it to Ethan, he might read it and then it'll be spoiled for him. And so yes, he can't, that would he be can't bad. give you the fresh, the freshness. All right. He can't give you the sweetness. All right. Um, hello, Dr. Ethan and Professor Patrick. Oh, that's sweet. My sister is about to turn 31 and she is still single. As a loving sister, I want to let you know that she's the cutest 30-year-old ever. Let's call her Mary. We live in rural Iowa, and the Catholic community is rather watered down. I don't know what that means. She has been interested in and praying for this one guy. He'll be called Joseph. Okay, that's cheating. For the last six years. Whoa! Six years! Hold on. Okay, we got a lot of talking to do. All All right. right, so Mary is 30, and she's liked this guy since she was 24. Okay. When she first met Joseph six years ago, he really liked her and even told her at one point we should date, although he was a little lot drunk. Oh, no. He is a good man. Well, obviously. No, <laughs> he is a good man with many admirable qualities, although he is stuck in sin and the guilt that goes along with it. Joseph thinks that Mary is too good for him. And if they did date, he would end up corrupting her. Okay. I should note uh-huh. that Joseph was bullied a lot in school, and that made him very cynical and guarded. Mary knows that logically he is never going to date her, but Mary has done a lot of praying, and God has answered her with a mental Joseph. Okay. Mm. And many other undeniable signs. Uh, many other praying. undeniable signs. Many yeah, other. So we'll just we'll just assume that that's true. Okay. We'll, we'll go off of the uh, we'll right. go off of the assumption that she has prayed about this because we don't know who she is. Okay. And many other undeniable signs. She keeps praying. In one of your older episodes, you guys were talking about how the Holy Spirit's message might seem insane to everyone else. Yeah, we have probably said that. <laughs> By the way, God does not want Mary to online date. What does the doctor prescribe? Thanks. Love person. I don't know if, if she can. If it's a stage um, name or not. If it's a stage name or not. Um, and these two these two people are, Mary and Joseph are actually their middle names. Okay, that's cool. That's funny. Um, P.S. Big fan, quote unquote, a big fan of the quote unquote pod. And I always listen to each episode twice. Oh, that's Thank nice. You. Thank you. Yes. I'm pretty sure this is a Patreon. I don't like supporter. I don't like this new potentially new strategy of listeners going back and finding things that we said in old episodes and using them against <laughs> us as say, well, you said this before, so you guys said, listen, I was probably three feet deep into a Cheez Its box when I said that last time. <laughs> you know, I I have no responsibility for what I said twenty seven. No responsibility for what I said when I when I <laughs> Cheez Its. Oh man. Okay. So let's just be clear. So they live in rural Iowa, mm-hmm. okay, in the middle of nowhere, and she's are like, "Are they? Are you allowed to dance in this town?" <laughs> it's just there been a an upstart kid from the big city that's trying to shake things up. <laughs> uh, to Kenny Loggins' music. <laughs> <laughs> um, six years, huh? Yeah. Oof. So he he said that he wanted to date her six, six years ago. Oh, six years ago. Yeah. So he said. When she first met him, he liked her a lot, and at one point told her we should date. Okay, although he was drunk. And then, and then God said that they should date. I mean, it sounds like you guys should date. I think. Okay, so and the whole problem is that Joseph is like worried that he would corrupt her. Yeah, it sounds like. Okay, uh, that sounds kind of like. Wait, a, that's the plot of Twilight. Hold on. Yeah. Get your- <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. Are we getting? Tell Joseph punked? he's not Robert Pattinson, and if he is, you should definitely. That would be so funny if somebody sent in the actual plot of one of those books <laughs> and like changed the name, and we gave real advice, and we had no idea it was actually Twilight books the whole time. I'm caught between I'm caught between a skinny legend and a hunky wolf, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You like me and Ethan? <laughs> <laughs> Which one's which? I mean, I think you know which one. Okay. I think I know who you're talking about. Um, 
A couple of days ago, Chris Paget told me I look like a national representative for Chia Pets because of how long my hair is. Really? And I told him that without the beard, I look like a national rep for Gerber. <laughs> when were you hanging out with Chris Paget? It was on like some Zoom call. It was like a it was like a high school it was like a high school dream come true, and my <laughs> my high school friends were right. Chris Paget and I are he, Chris Paget is like me in forty years. He's just a dad who makes jokes. It's me. I will one day be a dad that makes jokes. So back to the people who this question is about. Nope, it's all about me. All right, that's fair. <laughs> Keep going. I think that so Mary is that the woman that we're giving advice to? Yes, Mary. Uh, Mary, I think you should tell Joseph. Um, that he's probably right. He probably he probably is going to corrupt you, and that he should move away. Um, <laughs> even just being in the same vicinity is just it's just turning your blood to rust. Um, Sorry, I don't know what that means. Is that a quote from Twilight? Did you just look it up? No, I didn't. But that would be cool if it was. I think, I think you should you should tell him if he says that again. I think you should say, "Hey, we should date." And if he says, "I think I'd corrupt you," just say, "Don't." I think <laughs> <laughs> you're totally yeah. in control of whether or not you, you cor- do that. Yeah, so just don't corrupt me. I think if he said, <laughs> like he'd be like, "Hey, you should date me." He says, "No, I'm going to corrupt you." You say, "With what?" <laughs> with what? <laughs> what will you be corrupting me with? Because if and you're going to if you're going to add agency. <laughs> if you're going to are you talking about like are you going to add some iron flex to my pure, <laughs> you know, my pure thorium rod like what is the deal like are you going to be that sounds gross i mean i'm just talking about i've been doing a lot of blacksmithing and schmelting in world of warcraft and so i just am thinking oh, in those okay. terms um, <laughs> are you going to make my my metals impure or like what is, what is the deal what are we talking about here um but what i actually say is uh hey so yeah which is what package says like yeah don't corrupt me get holy and either we're going to start dating and we're going to get holy together or you need to get holy and then we're going to date later. But otherwise, leave me alone. <laughs> like, don't don't talk to me <laughs> if you don't want these things. Um, I think he just needs a boost of confidence. He sounds like a guy who needs a bit of confidence. So I'd say give him yeah. give him a bit of confidence. Get, jack up his game a little bit. You know, talk, talk him up. And then say, hey, you might corrupt me. But what if, what if you didn't? What if you didn't? What that? if you didn't? And then... If God's telling you that you guys have to date, I I'm hesitant to believe it, but I believe it because it's written on the page, and so <laughs> I mean, hey, you might as well do um, something about it instead of just sitting there. I think this is a, this is a hard question because there's really no actionables because like you guys have already tried to date apparently. Yeah. So figure I think, I figure think it Joseph, out. You're 30 years old. You can do it. <laughs> It's true. I think Joseph needs to work on himself a little bit too because it's like I get that he was bullied a lot at school. Plenty of people have been bullied and still get married. And sometimes those people aren't adjusted well. But like sometimes when you're bullied, you learn a lesson that you're not in control. It's like the movie Back to the Future. Okay. You seen Back to the Future? Yeah, I've seen it. So here's the your your uh, your your love could go one of two ways. Mary. You could fall in love with your mom. He, no, that's not the problem I'm talking about. Oh, okay. so you could be you could be Marty's parents in the first scene of the movie where he's washing Biff's car and she's drinking vodka on a Tuesday, and their uncle didn't get out of jail again. Yeah, again. Or or 
you could, and your kid could be stopped in the principal's in the hallway by the principal goes no McFly has ever amounted to nothing and then he goes back to the back to the, the best with, the best gag in what? that movie is that he looks exactly the same in the 50s as he does in the 80s that's so funny <laughs> that's so funny um or you could be Marty's parents after oh. he goes back to the past when he's a successful novel writer and he's successful. he's published with Ave Maria Press what I'm sorry. That was the sound of me leaving. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and and he's all successful. And the mom is well adjusted, and they have a happy relationship. And, then, and you buy your son a custom Toyota 1985. Um, <laughs> a custom Toyota 1985. <laughs> a custom 1985 Toyota, because <laughs> because this is in 1985, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Any whoozles. So. The reason why all of that changed, I don't know if you remember, it's because Marty's dad, George McFly, ended up... Punches Biff. Punching Biff in the face and cleaning his clock, and then in the future, Biff is cleaning his car. What? (laughs) (laughs) So, sorry. So, Mary, Mary, all you have to do is you have to get yourself into a compromising situation in a car at a dance with a bully, and then... (laughs) All you got to do is go back in time... (laughs) Find your parents. Find your parents no, in the in, past. Make sure that your mom sees you in your underwear, and then go and try to prevent. Why did she take off his pants? I, I, I don't just still understand. understand. That's such a weird part of the film. She's so like thirsty. I don't get it. I was like, I told Luke Phoebe, I was like, man, she was just gonna date whoever her dad hit with his car that day. <laughs> that's true. Um, oh, that's a weird movie. Anyway, it is. It's pretty funny. Yeah, you gotta. This is okay. The real advice is coming now. Okay. You have is that not real advice? That was my real advice. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to... He's fa- got to punch his bullies in the face. You're gonna, yes, you're going to have to fabricate a situation where you guys are out, <laughs> out on the town, right? And you pay some guy to come up and start a ruckus with Joseph. And um, just ha- before you go, have a conversation with him about, hey, if, if we ever get in a fight, you would you would fight the guy. Like, you would punch him, right? And of course, he's going to say, yeah, totally. This is because he's a guy. And I know how guys think. They'd say, yes, I would totally defend you in a fight. So then you pay somebody to come (laughs) and like mug you, right? Or like to try and accost you. And then say, Joseph, quick, remember the conversation we had moments earlier? And then (laughs) (laughs) as you're getting dragged away. And then if he lets you go, if he lets you get beat up or taken or whatever it is you agree upon with your, with your, your paid attacker, then never talk to him again. But if he does punch the guy, then then marry him on the spot. Bring a yeah, priest. What he should do, and if he doesn't do this, d- divorce him. I mean, break up with him. Yep. Um, I think that's if it. He doesn't. That's if he end. doesn't kick a kid off of his scooter and pull off the top of it, and then use it as a skateboard and invent skateboarding. If he then... doesn't lure the bully into a truck full of manure with some <laughs> with some fantastic uh, zigging and zagging. If he doesn't inadvertently destroy the future by keeping an almanac of sports of sports history from 2015, he's not your guy. Yeah. If he's not interested in stealing a young child's pink hoverboard, <laughs> then he's not the man. Marty for you. McFly really does like stealing skateboards. <laughs> he should McFly, just take one with him. Marty McFly did more stealing in those two movies than I think any protagonist since Oliver Twist. <laughs> That was good. Thank you. That was funny. Thank you. Oh, man. Well, I think we saved her life. Um, You're welcome. Our check, our invoice is in the mail. 
I have a quick I have a quick question from a listener that's not a Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner if we have time for that one. Uh yeah, blast it. Blast it. All right, cool. Hey Patrick, this is just for me. Okay. So don't listen. All right. Okay. Well, I'll sit back now. I'm a listener of the cast and a new <laughs> people call it the pod and the cast. I think it's just call it a podcast. Calls it the podcast. But we don't call it either the pod or the cast. We so don't. it's funny that our <laughs> listeners refer to it as the pod. Or the cast. Oh anyway. my gosh. Okay, listener, people don't call like television shows the broad. It's a broadcast, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> listener of the cast and a new follower of your blog, Pat and blog, here to ask a question. First of all, I absolutely loved one of your newest blog posts, Pat and blog, on the freedom of being unreachable. It has really encouraged me to step away from my phone and just be in the present moment and just to be okay with not being able to be reached and just being with people physically. But I've been living with roommates for the past month or so of quarantine, and we're all pretty faithful Catholic college women, leaders of campus, et cetera, et cetera. Um, one thing I've noticed, and in the past years of living with them, is they spend so much time scrolling through Instagram mindlessly. I can confirm this because every time I come out of my room, the two of them are sitting on the couch in the same place they were two hours ago, scrolling on their phones. It's gotten to the point where they are only ever on their phones, even when they're with each other. I guess I just find it frustrating to know how good it is to be away from my phone, but have no idea how to share that with my roommates without like picking a fight or something. I would love to know how to foster an atmosphere of digital freedom with them. I have tried addressing the problem with them, but they just don't seem to care at all and are very okay with getting sucked into the explore page on Instagram. I would love it if you and Ethan could chat about this on the cast. I think it's a great topic to hear about. Um, the reason I, uh, I didn't use this for crunch on that. Oh, she also says, thank you so much for making me laugh. You're welcome. So Ethan, what are your thoughts? I think something that I've used, and this is this is a, a, a gender same gender only strategy. So this works for guys and guys and girls. I and absolutely girls. hated when you did this to me, but go on. Wait, what do you mean? When you when I was on my phone at SLS and you were like, "Man, I really wish Patrick was here right now." Oh, I'm no. This is not the strategy I was talking about. Oh, that's not that. <laughs> no, I'm, I feel so bad that that made you upset because that was not my intention at all. Oh no, that didn't make me upset. I I, w- I was I was pleasantly amused by that you were yes did it work yeah that is well that's one thing that works for everybody is you if you see someone on their phone you say man i wish blank was here and then they look up and they get really guilty and then (laughs) and you can shame them into conversation with you which is half of what being a missionary is but the other uh suggestion i was gonna say if you're in the same house right and they're just on the couch and there's nobody else around what i like to do is moon them and then they have to pay attention (laughs) to you Like, wait, look up for a second. Oh, oh gosh, what the heck? Oh, what gosh. going on? Oh, sorry. I, you do want to hang out? Wait, what was that for? To get your attention. It worked. Let's go play. I wanted to hang out in one way, so I'm hanging out this way. Let's go play pickleball now. You know, it's just, <laughs> you can do anything. Mooning leads to so many great activities. You do that thing that they do on Arrested Development where it's like, and this is why you don't play on your phones too much. <laughs> like, you never know. If you're on your phone, you never know who's hanging their butt out, wagging it in your face. That's true. Oh, man. So that would be my tip. My, those are my two. I don't tips. think we can tell female listeners to move. We can't. Other. We can't do that. Uh, it works for boys, not for girls. I don't know what to tell girls for advice, except for when it's relationship. Yes. Um, I don't know. It's she said that she talked to them, so it seems like they are okay with it. My, my thing is like, if you've talked to them and you've like maybe talked to them a couple of times and you still haven't like broken through i think you just gotta cut your losses and be like i'm gonna be a more happy and fulfilled person than they are yeah there's only there's only so much calling higher quote unquote that you can do with people who are addicted to their phones because it's the same thing as is addicted to anything it's like 
you can invite them to do other things with you. Like if you're playing a game or you want to go like do go outside or whatever, you can invite them out of what they're doing into something else. But if they say no, you can't, you can't like rip the phone out of their hands, you know? Yeah. And so it's just a matter, it's on you now because you now have the, this is the whole, this is like evangelization too. Like now you know the freedom that exists here. So now it's your responsibility to figure out how to share it with other people. So you have to come up with ways to invite them out of their thing if you really care about them, which I, it sounds like you do because you wrote a question to a, a, a C-grade Catholic podcast for help. So <laughs> d- thanks for coming here. Um, but I would say have things specifically that you can invite them out of into something else that will facilitate uh, face-to-face conversation. Yeah. And I think it's uh, I think it's noble that you want your friends to live happy and healthy lives. Absolutely. I think yeah. I think part of what's happening is you don't know like they increase their phone time, the screen time now. Sometimes it's a coping mechanism for anxiety, and it's like there's so many better things they could be doing, like, like playing drinking. a video game with you or drinking. <laughs> um, it was so funny. I, I've told this on the on the show before. It's like I, I I don't like being phone bad, book good because I was at I was at a party once and me and all my friends were reading the B movie script dramatically and we were all on our phones reading the B movie script out loud. And her drunkle, her drunk uncle came in and like was like phone 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 kids these days. And I was like I looked and was like beer 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 adults these days. I don't know what's this. <laughs> Man, you're so edgy. I was edgy back then and I lost it all. You didn't. <laughs> you still got it. Still got it, man. I got some stories to tell you. I've been, I've been like, I've been like going through. I've been going through some like uh, for hot take time machine, like looking back on Facebook posts from middle school and stuff. And I'm all of a sudden remembering like stories, dude. I got some. I got some wild. Save ones. them. I was a crazy eighth grader. Save them. Anyway, save them. <laughs> we need. We need them for the podcast next. We need week. that content. Yes. Uh, I am getting a headache, and I really have to go to the bathroom. So I think that's it for today. You don't think so? Oh, oh, did you want did you want me to t- you can find Ethan, um, <laughs> Ethan at thecrunchcast.com and you can find me, Patrick at thecrunchcast.com or at patnevy.blog. You can follow and us on it. Facebook, Facebook.com slash thecrunchcast. <laughs> I've been I've been doing a lot on the Facebook lately. Uh, <laughs> the Facebook <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> that's what adult people We're getting so much traffic. It's true. It's obnoxious how much traffic we're getting. I know. I love that. We have more traffic than we've ever had before. You think that Los Angeles gets a lot of traffic. Who, baby? Wait till you see the Crunch <laughs> Facebook page. Crunch Facebook page. Um, Patreon.com slash the Crunch if you would like exclusive content such as Patrick asking if anybody knows any good men. On, <laughs> Not including me. Listen, we can talk about it later. Right. I, oh, if you know any good... So I'm, I'm writing a book on masculinity. If you know any good men... To like have good stories about being a man, send them my way, because I want to talk about them. Um. Yeah. And Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Um. Always test trees before you trust them. Thank you. It's <laughs> good advice. <laughs> I should have had that a week ago. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you, and we will see you all next week.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.